0: Have wires. Peace out, dude. It's here for our children as they leave. <laughs> Speaking of children, we have a new one. Is Evelyn here? Evelyn's not here. She's here, but she's probably eating right? So on May 19th, Evelyn Joy Taylor was born. Pat and Stacy have a new little girl. So exciting to see. uh, I met her last week. Very cool. She's a beauty. And we'll get to give her back to the Lord here one of these days. So if you see Stacy walking around with a new little bundle in her arm, Congratulator, all right. So good to see you this morning. Unaware that Indianapolis is on Eastern Standard Time and Chicago's on Central Standard Time. A guy inquired at the Indianapolis Airport about a plane to Chicago, and the guy says the next flight leaves at one o'clock and arrives at Chicago at 101. The guy said, Could you could you repeat that, please? The agent said, Well, the flight leaves at one o'clock and arrives at 101. He says, Do you want a reservation? I <laughs> says, No, nah, but, but I think I'll hang around and just watch that dude take off. <laughs> 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 well, praise the Lord. Yeah, you need to send me some better jokes, okay? Someone sent this to Christy this week. The devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. Amen. Get ready, the storm's about to come back. She's watching at home today by herself. She has no babysitter today. You go, girl. Last last week I shared quite a bit of our struggle. Uh, Our our current series, and and we set this series before we even knew most of this. But the struggle is real. And uh, last week I shared... About our struggle. If you didn't, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to watch online. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being with us during this time. I was reading in, in my life journal this week, and I hope you're reading along with us. If you don't have a life journal, you can get one out here on the on the uh, ush, on the information table. They're five dollars. Pick up a reading guide. And uh, but this week I was reading in Philippians chapter one. And Paul the Apostle writes to the Philippian church, and he says, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. And then he says this statement, We are in this struggle together. And, and I, couldn't, I, I, I couldn't contain myself. It just resonated in my spirit. And I said, thank you, Lord, that, that we have with us together. And I want to thank you for being with us in this struggle together. And then Paul goes on and he says, you've seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Sometimes struggles last for a while. They don't go quickly away. But God sends us Extensions of himself in the family of God. Come on. Jesus with skin on. Just touch your neighbor and say, you're it. Tag. Jesus with skin on. We're in this together. Who knew a few weeks ago that I would become very familiar with this little guy. I'd learn how to feed my wife through a tube, food that she hated, food that made her sick every day, every meal. But the doctor said, you have to take it because you have to have nourishment. Who knew that I would learn how to use things like this And I got pretty good at actually siphoning out her trach. You can only go in 10. I learned that. (laughs) Because you go beyond 10, it goes, yeah, not a good deal. But you don't plan or prepare for things like that unless you're studying to be a nurse. And can I just give a big shout out to all the nurses in the house? Amen. Thank you for what you do. Who knew that this would become our best friend? The ability to give her water and nourishment, medicine, all through the tube that went into her nose, into her stomach. Who knew what these little things were? Not me. They're saline bullets. What do you do with that? Well, when you got a hole in your neck and you have to clean it out, you squirt that dude in there so she'll cough and get the junk out. I actually got pretty good at that. It scared me. I'll admit it scared me in the beginning. Wasn't sure I could do some of this stuff. But God is faithful. He walks with you hand in hand. he brings people alongside of you who teach and train and say, come on, you can do this. He sends people that you need. He brings people along together with you. We're in this struggle together. And God is using you in a powerful way. Your prayers have upheld us and strengthened us every moment of every day. We feel that. And I don't know why I'm crying. That song we sang this morning, it's just been playing over and over in my head. I'm healed, I know I am. My God says I am. Come what may, my faith will stand. I'm healed, I know I am. We're in this struggle together, and everyone has struggles question is, what are you going to do with your struggle? How are you going to respond during your struggle? Who are you going to surround yourself with during your struggle? Good questions to ask, and we've come to the point where we've said, if God's not going to remove this, then how is he going to get the greatest glory out of it? Because God can use our story as we trust him with the journey. And and trust is one of the biggest things we're learning right now. In fact, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even if he kills me, I'll still trust him that that's the best option he's got. Because he knows best. He's God. He still sits on the throne. He is sovereign We've been focusing on what God is doing during this period of our lives. Miracles are happening. When I feed myself on what God has done and I feed myself on what God is doing, I stay encouraged. I stay strong. I stay focused on what this life is all about. You remember Peter, after Jesus' resurrection, he just said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going fishing again. Going back to what I used to do and and, and Jesus met him on the beach. How many like the beach? You, can, you know you can meet Jesus on the beach. <laughs> Come on. And uh, Jesus met him there. And he, he just said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, You know I do, Lord. And he said it again, Do you love me more than these? He said, You know all things, Lord. You know I love you. And he just kept kept repeating three times, Peter, do you love me? And then Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God because we're all going to die it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment that's what the scripture says and then Jesus told him follow me well you can imagine the moment Peter's thinking I'm dying and this isn't going to be a fun death and so Jesus Peter says to Jesus, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Don't you feel like that sometimes? Come on, my life, but, but what about him? And, and Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Comparison is never good. Everyone has a struggle. Their struggle isn't your struggle. Your struggle isn't theirs. And The question isn't about why someone else seems more blessed than you. The question is, do you love Jesus? In the the midst of what you're going through, do you love Jesus? And he says, Follow me. Follow me. Follow the path that I have laid out for you. Frank Viola says, Do you love God more than his promises or your interpretation of those promises? Remember, his ways are always higher than our ways. And he doesn't always show us what he's doing or why he's doing it. We may not always understand what he does or allows, but he can always be trusted. Just touch your neighbor and say, God can be trusted. Remember that God is always on time. Allie said it this morning. God is always on time, but his clock, Ticks differently than ours. Boy, is that so true? And basing your faith on God's performance, what you think God should do according to what you've been taught about His promises, is a profound mistake. Because countless Christians have fallen away from the Lord when He didn't appear to fulfill His promises. In Romans chapter 11, verse 33, the Apostle Paul writes this: "Oh." How great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. I mean, we're dealing with God who knows all, sees all, has been to the end and is still with us now. He's been to the end of time and time quits and eternity begins. He's already there and yet he's with us now. And I told you last week just like when the doctors look at Christie's wounds or her tongue and and they say, that looks really good. And I'm saying to myself, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because that looks awful. And they're saying, even after the first day of surgery, they looked in her mouth, which could not close. The swelling was so large, and they said, that looks fabulous. I'm like, really? Okay. And apparently they have been on this journey before and they see something on a progression. They can see what I can't see. They're looking beyond this slice and saying, ah, that's the perfect progression and we're headed in the right direction. Because they've been there before. They know what's going on our great physician, awesome almighty God, is looking down going, perfect. Looks good. And I'm like the little kid who's standing beneath the mother who's doing a cross stitch and and she looks up and she goes, Mom, what are you doing? She says, I'm I'm making something beautiful, honey. She said, because all she can see is the underneath. And she said, well, it looks like a mess from down here. She said, well, give me a little time and I'll bring you up on my knee. and Then you can see it from my perspective. And, and sometimes in life we're looking up and saying, God, what are you doing? This looks like a mess from down here. God said, hang on, I'm working. I'm working all things together. For your good. Yeah. Mm. That's not beautiful, but give me some time. I'm working on it. We're heading in the right direction. Just stick with me. Just tell your neighbor, stick with God. He knows what he's doing. How great are his riches, his wisdom, his knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. God's full of surprises. And if he hasn't surprised you lately, then you probably stopped growing in him. Follow him. His pathway is full of surprises and it always leads to life eventually. We're going to get there. Romans chapter 5, the apostle Paul writes to the Roman church and he says, Therefore... Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because in the midst of what I'm going through right now, this struggle that is really real, I've got to realize there's something greater coming. And so I confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I get a glimpse now, but I don't, the glimpse isn't what's coming. There's something greater that I can't even comprehend because God's ways are so much higher than my ways And then he says in verse 3, and Paul knew about this because he'd been through the mill. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us. You ever think about your problems and trials helping you? He says, we know they help us develop something. A little something, something they call endurance. I didn't know anything about endurance. When I was a teenager, played basketball in high school, for one year until I got cut from the team. And that year, the coach made us run cross-country before basketball. I don't like to run. I despise running. In fact, it's one of the worst things i can think about unless you put a ball in my hand put a ball in my hand i'll run but otherwise just running it's pointless to me i i don't get it and you got all these skinny people you know that they love that that thing and and man and so I was looking for any way out of the whole running thing. And I had some friends who also got cut from the basketball team because we all did the same things together. And uh, we we were running cross country. They were running cross country. We were just kind of hanging out, following along as best we could. Now, mind you, I'm young. I don't have much wisdom at this point in my life. And we go to our first cross-country meet. I don't know if I've ever told this story here, but uh, it's on a golf course. And the course is marked out. And, you know, they do the whole whistle thing or gun. I can't remember really. And we, we take off, and everybody's passing us. I mean, and, and I'm dying already. Right? We're just starting. I'm going, "Ah, ah, ah." and my friends look at me, and they say, follow us. We know a shortcut. (laughs) Sounded good to me, right? So as everybody else is heading that way, we take a left turn, and we head off. I'm just following. I, I don't know what we're doing. We get to the other side, and, and pretty much we're ahead of everybody. I'm like, yeah. and we're almost done. This is great. And we got to the finish line. We're like. <laughs> and the guy says, you guys, come here. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? What? We just ran the race, man. We just, wow, wow, we did good. He says, you're all disqualified. Disqualified. He says, don't ever race again. You're off the team. You cheated. Wow. And I didn't learn much about endurance back then. Then I got to college, and I played basketball in college, and the first coach I had decided that we could handle the ball well, we could shoot well. What we couldn't do well was endure. So we ran steps. We ran lines. We ran track. We ran the streets of Springfield, Missouri. We ran everywhere. And basically, if you weren't puking your guts out at the end of practice, you hadn't done enough. But what happened to us during those weeks before the season, something happened inside of us and that struggle created endurance that gave us the ability to run and gun with the best of the teams. In fact, we would outlast them in the fourth quarter at the end when everybody else was gasping for breath. We weren't tired at all. We could handle what was coming at the end of the game when it's most critical. And so Paul the Apostle says, I've been through some stuff and I'm I'm going to tell you this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Verse 3. For we know, we know that they help us develop endurance And endurance develops strength of character. And everything builds on the next thing that is developing in you. And our character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. You need to know that. It doesn't matter how bad you've been, how long you've been gone, how messed up your life is. God loves you. you got to know that deep down in your knower. He loves us because he's given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The enemy of your soul wants to lie to you, wants to tell you God doesn't love you, And maybe your soul wants to try to convince you that God's holding out on you. I'll just tell you what Jesus said. The devil's a liar. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. You can't believe a thing he says. He pulled the same thing on Adam and Eve. Really, did God say? God didn't really mean that because... He just knows that if you take of this, your eyes are going to be open. He's holding out on you because you could become like God, but God's saying, no, don't touch that because it's going to benefit you. The enemy of your soul wants to lie to you and try to get you off track. Charles Swindoll says, take from a man his wealth, you hinder him. Take from him his purpose, and you slow him down. But take from a man his hope, and you stop him. He can go on without wealth and even without purpose for a while, but he will not go on without hope. And Paul the Apostle knew this, and he says, the struggles, the trials, the troubles are going to work for you if you'll let them. They'll create endurance. They'll give you character. Your character will strengthen into confident hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Frank Viola says, chisel it in stone. You can't have a resurrection without a death. And you can't know the transforming triumph of Christ without a crisis. You can't know the hills without the valleys. And you can't make a sailor from calm seas. Sometimes God will deliver you from trouble, but oftentimes he will deliver you through it. Resurrection is always on the other side if you stand and endure. Remember, The power of his resurrection always follows the fellowship of his sufferings. Jesus loved Lazarus, but he let him die. The Lord will not always rescue you when you want him to or how you think it should happen. God does things his way, period. And there may even be a resurrection involved which includes death. Lazarus was four days dead. It was an impossible situation. Jesus himself was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in our suffering, we want an explanation. But Jesus wants to give us a revelation of himself. Every crisis in our life is an opportunity for greater revelation of Jesus. Jesus rarely responds in a way that fits our human expectations, but he always responds with the Father's heart and in the Father's perfect timing. A spirit-led man or woman is someone who has faced tragedy, faced loss, looked unbearable and exquisite pain in the face, and has stood his or her ground. It is well with my soul, they shout. The enemy has thrown his best shot, and I'm still standing strong in the strength of the Lord. I'm still on the rock. God's still on the throne, and I'm seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Christine Cain says it's not about our doing more for God. It's about God, giving God more access so he can do more in us. It's only when God does more in us that He can do more through us. And Christy and I have been noticing that that God is doing a deep work in our life. And by the way, she sends her love. She loves you so much. She is blown away at how you have embraced her and surrounded her with prayer and cards and notes. And it just—it's mind-boggling. And uh, she just wants me to give you a big old Christy hug, and I can't do that because I'm not her but feel that. We need to invite God to move into those deep places so we can move past our past. Dare to give him full access. God, I don't understand everything that's going on right now, but I'm going to give you thanks for giving me endurance. Character and hope. You're doing something deep in me that's going to have a great outcome. Amen. Ray Haroon. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Ray came out of retirement to race in the first Indianapolis 500. In 1911. In those days, every race car had a passenger, a mechanic to check oil pressure throughout the race and provide constant updates on changing conditions. And Ray just kind of shook things up. Ray decided to race without the mechanic. Instead, he installed a rear-view mirror in his car. This is the first recorded instance of such a thing. Controversy filled the air, but eventually they decided this wasn't a violation of the rules. In the end, Ray won the race, and the average speed that, that year was about 74 miles an hour. Kind of like what you see on Highway One. <laughs> but the thing that changed, the thing that changed racing was the use of the rearview mirror. As you might guess, it became standard practice. We've been using rearview mirrors in the cars for about 100 years now or so. Two things from this. Um, first, the past. Somebody say the past. Do you have a passenger in your life who reminds you of past failures all the time? 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 says you are a new creation. The old is gone the past weighs you down and will make you go slower than necessary. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily weighs us down and besets us. There's some things you need to lay down and get rid of in your life. There's some relationships, some, some uh, people that are speaking into you right now that, that need to go. You just need to say, you know what? I'm not taking this passenger along with me any longer. I'm going to put a rearview mirror in so I can see behind me. Because, secondly, you got to take a look at God's faithfulness. Sometimes we need to take a look back on where we've been and the goodness of God through some of the deepest struggles of our life. And it can give us confidence to move forward in faith. Don't keep your eyes fixed on the rearview mirror because you'll crash. Okay? You got to always look forward, but glance to see what's behind you. Take a glance to see where you've been. Take a glance to see how far you've come. And if it's not far enough, do something about that. And as you glance, you see God's faithfulness. And and once again, you know, I tell you about our manager. And it still sits next to my chair and In that manna jar, God told Moses, put manna in a jar for the generations to come so that they can see the miracle stuff that I did for you. And so we took a mayonnaise jar, big old, and we call it our manna jar. And we just have things in there that remind us of God's faithfulness. Well, my latest addition is Christy's, what do you call those things they give you in the hospital? Yeah, that, that band thingy, got your name on it, the date you're in, the last, the last one from the ER last week, by the way, this is a good week for her, Um, yeah, Thursday, she got the feeding tube pulled out of her nose. Their stomach, nose, yeah, it's all tied together somehow. It's like, wow. So they just, oh, there you go. I cut off the stitch and uh, got rid of the drain tube from her incision. It's over here, isn't it? Yeah. And so things are healing up. She now is taking food by mouth. I say say food. It's applesauce and Go-Gurt. Um, she can drink well. The, the uh, therapist said, one of the hardest things you'll do is drink water. And the first day with the therapist, she gave her some water. She gave her thick water first. She got that down. She gave her something else. I think it was applesauce. She got that down. And then she said, well, here's the big test. Gave her the water. Boom. She's like, was that a trouble? She goes, no, that was easy. Because that, that was the big deal. So, so this week, Thursday, she got all those tubes out. And and so we're just celebrating because now the nausea is gone. Um, she's able to, to digest some things. She's still learning. She's learning a lot of things. But this has been a great week. Yesterday was a turnaround day for her. And... Um, I'm praying today's as good or better. I'm going to make it through this. But, and, and I won't preach about this the rest, all, all the time, okay? Just just realize every time you come to church, you're not going to hear about Christy's, okay? We'll get through this and we'll talk about some other things. But right now, it's, it's on the front burner of our life. And so, so the manager... I, I cut off the uh, the bracelet, that ID thing and I wrote on the inside of it it popped like a pimple. And let me share with you the significance of that just a little bit farther than I did last week. Uh, I shared with you that, that uh, before the surgery, I think it was a couple of weeks or so uh, we were down front here during worship. Richie came up to pray for Christy and And he said her her arms were like they weighed a 1,000 pounds, and he he was trying to lift them. But in the midst of him praying for her, God spoke to Richie and said, tell her it's just a pimple that's going to pop and go away. And he did, and she looked at him like, Richie, you're an idiot. Uh, What are you talking about? Seriously? And just kind of shrugged it off and then that was the first service at nine AM, eleven A.M., second service, we're there worshiping the Lord. Diane Smack comes and prays for Christy. And she says, uh, this is kinda weird. She said, but I I saw a vision and and God says it's it's like it's a pimple and it's gonna pop and go away. She said, that's it's weird, sorry. I you know, and Christy's like, No, no, what did you say? And she said, the pimple is gonna pop and go away. And Christy's like, okay, that's got to be God, because out of the mouth of two witnesses, something is established. Totally unrelated, didn't talk to each other, didn't say, hey, go tell Christy there it's a pimple. <laughs> Who wants to say that, right? <laughs> so, in our understanding, in our timing, we said, okay, God's telling us that her tongue is going to pop and go away. She won't have to have surgery. That's what we believed. That's how we interpreted. And when that didn't happen and we went through the surgery, it just kind of got put on the back burner, and I kept saying to God, what about the pimple? Because that's weird. Because you, you told two people to say that to her. What is that, God? And and I told you last week, I got no answers. And God didn't say, well, just hang on. Just silence. And last Saturday night as we're sitting in the ER, and it had burst, and the doctor who did surgery on her comes in the room and looks at her and he says, well, it just popped like a (laughs) pimple. Something inside of us leaked. But here's the back story. When we went back to Dr. Weinstein and he began to talk us through the after surgery procedure, one thing we were waiting to hear was, was there any cancer in the lymph nodes? Because that's that's where it goes to, it runs there. And he had taken out four layers of lymph nodes and he said out of 46, there was one that had 0.77 amount of cancer in it. He said, so you, you might want to consider radiation. it was like a punch in the stomach at that moment and we're like okay god no no we're not going down that path we're just going to trust you he said I, I will go with whatever you decide he said i feel comfortable either way it's your decision but you need to know that was there i said to christy afterwards i said look it's it's not my body It's not my decision, but I wouldn't do the radiation. I would just simply trust the Lord that they got it out, that it's over. And yet there was this nagging thing in the back of her head. Maybe it's still there. But last Saturday night, when it popped like a pimple, God said, it's gone. It's over. And we needed that moment of assurance from Almighty God who sits on the throne, who reigns supreme, who is sovereign. And he told Two people to share with Christy. It's going to pop like a pimple and it's going to be gone. And she didn't remember all of that. She didn't remember about the cancer and I reminded her on the way home that night. I said, baby, do you realize the significance of what the doctor said tonight? That means the cancer is gone. According to God. Hallelujah. And I tell you, something lifted off of her that night. Was it our timing? Was it the way things should have been according to how we thought? Absolutely not. But God in his goodness. And we got to look in the rearview mirror every once in a while and say, okay, that's how God has been that's how good he's been to us that's how faithful the Lord has been we're going to stand in that right now though we don't see the answer though things look a mess from here we're going to stand and say God you've been faithful in the past you provided us with daily manna you've taken us from there to here and you're going to take us all the way home hallelujah awesome God awesome God Don't get so caught up with the past, though, that you miss where you're going. The Bible calls us aliens and strangers, foreigners on this earth. We've got to have our eyes fixed on our heavenly homeland, not here. This isn't all there is, folks. Okay? This is not all there is. The enemy of your soul wants to convince you that this is your home. He wants you to think that this is all there is. He wants to convince you that you're not worthy of what God has for you. Your enemy wants to blind you to your greatness and remind you of your faults and your sins, but you just turn around and remind him that that's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why you stand in victory and freedom today. That's why Jesus Christ rose from the dead victoriously. You are worth what your heavenly father was willing to pay for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. I was looking at Abraham, how God promised him nations. And he didn't even have a baby yet, he was old. Romans chapter 4, verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. I mean, looking at the reality of things, it looks like it's dead. But that's when God does his best work. That's when resurrection happens. Hallelujah. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Struggle is real, but it's resurrection time. The struggle is real, but the Lord is greater. He can give us all that we need during our struggle and give us new life in the end. You can declare, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of this stronger than I went in. I've got more endurance than I ever thought I could have. My character is stronger than I ever dreamed it could be. And I'm living with hope that will not disappoint because God loves me. God has a future for me. I'm fully convinced God is working all things together for my good. God's promises are true, and I'm choosing to believe them and trust Him. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hmm Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. That though the struggle is real, Lord, we know that you are greater. We place our hand in your hand. Say, hold us tight, Lord. Thank you for never letting us go. Lord, we can't do anything to let, make you let us go. You love us too much. and Lord, I thank you that today is a day of freedom. Today is a day, Lord, where we just simply line ourselves up with you. Line ourselves up with your word. Your word declares, I'm I'm healed I am healed by the stripes of Jesus I am healed your word declares darkness has no power here chaos has no power here sickness has no power here depression has no power here sin has no power here The curse of sin has been broken by the power of Jesus Christ. The resurrection power of Jesus is flowing in this room today. And I declare people free in the name of Jesus. By your power, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, just lift up your hands this morning. Just begin to praise him. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he's done praise Him for what He's doing praise Him for what He's going to do by faith standing by faith hoping by faith that what God said is true what God says is true no matter what my circumstances look like no matter how dark the day may seem standing in the truth of God's word Lord I stand today and I praise You also almighty God I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 King of kings and Lord of lords, we bless your name today. Hallelujah. I will not die, but live and will declare what the Lord has done. I will declare what the Lord has done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. We praise you in this place today.